Welcome to Sleep, Eat, Perform, Repeat with your hosts, David Clancy and Kieran Dunn. This is a podcast about high performance. What we are striving to achieve is to figure out what makes high performing individuals tick, why they do what they do and why they are successful. Enjoy a journey of stories, lessons and learnings. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 66 of Sleep, Eat, Perform, Repeat. Today we spoke to Ronan O'Mahony, former professional Munster rugby player, now CrossFit addict. Live on location in the Strand Hotel Limerick, just before the COVID-19 pandemic hit us. We really do miss those in-person social chats, so looking forward to getting back to more of these. Listen out for that hotel lobby music. During the chat, we discuss his playing career, the injury that ended his career, CrossFit, and Ronan's cultivation of coaching. Preparation and self-reflection are themes that jump out of this episode. Ronan really had an amazing journey into rugby, a truly remarkable story from schools to the academy to the professional game. Thanks for sharing. A big thanks to Motion Nutrition for sponsoring this episode, and in particular, Joe Wellstead, Find attached a discount coupon for any orders. And please use dclancy10 at checkout for 10% off your order. Hi, welcome to Sleepy Perform Repeat. I'm joined on location in the Strand Hotel in Limerick with Ronan Omani. I'll pass you to David, who will introduce you to Ronan. So we're very grateful for, um, for Ronan actually taking the time to come, come meet us in Limerick City today. Obviously, I know him from his career with Munster. Played 70-odd times for Munster. Played AIL for Gary Owen. Obviously, very successful winger, scored plenty of tries, and an unfortunately, career ended a little bit prematurely, just um, just a year ago after a very difficult injury that was a hard one for him to come back to. We like to talk about a lot of other different things, not just the injury, say, Rona. But I suppose, tell us a little bit about what you're doing these days. How's life treating you? Yeah, I suppose since finishing rugby, just I said I'd give myself uh, a bit of time out of the game. And- Maybe sample a few different things and see what what, uh, what I enjoy and uh, just at the moment just really enjoying the time off, yeah. having a bit of time to myself and uh, yeah I started doing a bit of CrossFit. Um, that's kind of keeping me keeping in, you in good shape, in, obviously, because that's what we both said when you walked <laughs> in. Yeah, yeah. Still in good nick. Yeah, so that's keeping me keeping me going anyway. Um, so yeah, it's been quite enjoyable, you know, just dipping away, um, doing a bit of CrossFit and uh, doing a small bit of coaching on the side as well. So yeah, quite enjoyable. Well, you didn't talk much about the coaching, but I suppose that's that's something that we just touched a little bit off air. Tell yeah. us a little bit about that. You know, your young players is that is that something you'd have looked at maybe you know early teens, twenties? Maybe I'd get into coaching, or what's drawing you to it now? Um, I suppose when you're in the game for so long, it's kind of it's all you kind of know, really. You know, and you've such passion about it. Maybe uh, I'm not fully sure, but maybe on a development level. I maybe could uh, add a bit of value there. So look, I'll probably explore a few options and see if there's something out there um, and kind of take it from there. But uh, yeah, just been last uh, summer, um, I just had a small role with the Munster Schools team. And if they're bringing in Ronan O'Mahony, to kind of what, what would you what would you do? What, what would you kind of add as a, as a coach, you know? from Obviously, you've accumulated tremendous experience, you know, scored yeah. tries against the Maori, scored some amazing tries. Besides that, what what other kind of? Um, um, I suppose over my time in Munster, I've had five different head coaches, so I've seen the good and the bad, and I've seen, <laughs> I suppose, a small about what works and what doesn't work. And uh, mm-hmm. I suppose over that time, you kind of cultivate your own idea of what you think 
would work and how a team should work and the philosophies that, that should go with a team and, and trying to for me I, I always find bringing people together and just bringing the team together the tight you know you don't necessarily have to have the best players in the world but I think just getting that the unity within the team is key and, and just a couple of ways around that and it's, I've seen it being done very well and I've seen it be done not so well as well so uh, yeah look I suppose through experience of different head coaches you kind of as I say, cultivate your own ideas in your head and you're kind of, Jesus, would these work? Or, <laughs> I might give these a go here. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously being transitioned from a young player into the senior squad, mm. what sort of impact and what sort of cues and things are you trying to give to these players to help with that transition from being a young guy to then into a senior squad where the dynamic changes an awful lot? Yeah, look, I suppose I've been in that same position where I was a monster 18s, 19s, 20s player. And when I look back at it, I was just kind of happy to be involved um, and just I kept going out training and I was like oh I better play well but I actually didn't really analyse the game as much as I would have um, it was more just show up play and hope it goes well rather than really like thinking about your performance and thinking about aspects of the game so um, yeah look I try and get lads to try and have a look and take a step back at times and certain scrum plays and see okay what defence my shape you know, rather than just running a play why are we, why are we doing it and getting the lads to probably think in their feet throughout the game as well. So it's like education of the players so that they can understand use of film or kind of even coaches, what, how they can better themselves. Because when I played 15 years ago, it was all about just exactly just playing but not really understanding how to really get better. I suppose that's what you can really give those young players as they're trying to make the next level, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I kind of found myself in that position, even as a, as a young player trying to get into the academy and come through the system of... I was just showing up and I was training, I was ticking the, the the box of training, and then when you soon realise, okay, how do I how do I go from being a just a, an athlete who trains and plays in an academy to being a contender for a position with, wearing a Munster jersey every week? Um, you know, it's that kind of transition that you're trying to help these lads figure out and uh, just hopefully make them progress through the system a bit earlier than. Yeah, it's good. You're them. echoing you're echoing a very successful coach. I know he's Stuart Lancaster, yeah. and he spoke about how. He comes in with the drills on. He comes up to them Sunday night at home and comes in and then explains the purpose of the drill to try and make sure the players are aware of why they're actually doing it. Like you mentioned, not just running through the plays to get, you know, get through the plays, to get, yeah, yeah, to get through the plays, but actually understanding this is based off maybe the defensive system in the Ospreys next, next week is structured this way, yeah. and maybe that's the way we're going to. That's why this drill will be impactful for us. Yeah. So you're already touching a few good nuggets there already with the coaching yeah, yeah, yeah. in the early days, anyway. And then, what did you find? With that transition as well, was the biggest challenge for you? Was it physical or was it mental when you went from under 19s, that sort of age, 20s, into the senior squad? Yeah, as I said, I was kind of showing up and I was training and I found myself, I say it was a year one or two in the academy, maybe 18 months into the academy, and I found myself kind of like in the space where I'm a good athlete and I have all the attributes, but I'm kind of like, okay, how do I start? Putting, like, how do I start getting my name out there? Yeah, or how do, I, how do I bring my game to the next level? And it was... It was literally, um, I think I sat down, Paul O'Connell actually called over to my house and I was asking him about it and he, he went through obviously a lot of uh, a lot of stuff in his career as well, trying to become a better athlete and he told me that he used to sit down, um, he used to set out challenges every training session so they wouldn't be going wasted. Mm. Um, it might be something as in have a 100% aerial receipt in, in a training session or um, have... He he have two line have a line break or two lines but a joke could be different for different positions. Um, so yeah, I used to every training session I used to jot it down on my wrist or on my hand, just a couple of challenges within that session. Um, 
a lot of the time I could, I'd ex him I wouldn't I wouldn't get him done but at least I'd be <laughs> consciously thinking of of uh, of getting through it and some days then you'd take off three of them and you'd be like you'd feel great and it's like a little game within the training session for yourself hmm. um, and I suppose over time over time all those little things come together and um, yeah Talk to us a little bit about kind of how you started getting into rugby kind of what was your first big moments in rugby you know we're talking a lot about the stuff that's happened with the last couple of years but how did how did you kind of get into it? what's the first big meaningful moment of rugby for you uh, I suppose when I first so my brother would have been about two years ahead of me in school and when I started Castro College it was just opened mm-hmm. so I was uh, and it wasn't open for my brother Barry so he went to the Crescent Camp okay. um, and then two years later Castro College opened I went to, I went to Castro College and my brother was playing schools rugby in camp and ended up being an Irish schools player mm-hmm. and once your schools and, and back then uh, it was like Whoever's playing in those A schools as such, the, the art schools, uh, Munchens, PBC, CBC's Crescents, but all be in the Munster schools. And everyone kept saying to me, that you know, if you want to play Munster schools, you won't be able to play being in Castor College. We were only, a, I think, we were a D school, like we we're down the bottom of the ladder. <laughs> and uh, I remember my father saying to me, like, you got to be so good that they can't not pick you. Um, and I, I almost lured away to go to a different school, but I said, no, look, I'll stick it out here and I'll. I'll See, can we make it happen? And uh, I was fifth year, so I was a year young, and I got on the Munster School team a year young. So, oh, wow. the first player from the school, and um, big achievement. Yeah, and I, I don't think many players had had ever from the lower division schools had ever played in a Munster Schools team. Um, I was kind of like one of the first, so that was a real kind of marker for myself. Knowing Jesus, I've kind of done something here. Yeah. Um, and then the following season, yeah, I played Munster Schools again, and then managed to play Irish Schools. So, um, yeah, I suppose those two or three years, my last kind of years at Castro College, where I was like, geez, I can compete with the best schools players in the, in the country here from a, a non-rugby school as such, because we were only just getting started. Um, I suppose it gave me good confidence to go on from there. Absolutely, it was all against nearly from the start, and you were out to prove all those doubters wrong. I'm not going to move school, yeah, I'm going to yeah. move Castro <laughs> and the math. And yeah, so we were only, yeah, so we were only six or seven years old, and I was able to get an Irish school's jersey from... Uh, you know, we, we weren't having any major shakes in, in schools rugby and the following year actually funny enough we won the Munster School Senior Cup and Junior Cup I was gone out of school but yeah, okay. uh, set yeah, foundations yeah there was a lot of us there who probably would before they won it let set down a good few foundations and um, yeah it was great to see so I suppose that little that little area there just maybe that those two years kind of really gave me confidence to to, be, to push on and, and uh, became kind of a Less of a dream, more of a goal for me, do you know, if I played for Munster, coming out of school. I like that, less of a dream, more of a goal. And talk to us then a little bit about, amazing, you know, a couple of years like that, acceleration, doing really well, hitting your goals. Oh, wow, I can really do it, I can make it as a player. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your first couple of training sessions like? What was that like when you're in, in with all those, those guys that have been there, done that, you're immersed in that system now, you've... You've done really well to get in there. Yeah. How does Ronan Mahoney come into that monster setup and put put his sort of stamp on the whole whole system? Yeah. So I suppose when I came out of school, um, there was kind of a year or two where there was like a sub academy before they kind of they put you in this in the program and see are you good enough to be able to come into an academy set up and um, I was lucky enough to go in and play in the World Cup with the Irish under twenties and I actually. You you have your meetings when you're in the sub academy before you went to an academy set up. You have your meetings to say when you're going to come in, and I was just off the back of 
think only four Munster lads got made the World Cup squad, myself, Andrew Burke, uh, Conor Murray and Peter Romantney. And three lads were already in the academy. And I was like, oh, surely I'm going to get... I'm the only other Munster player and going and playing the World Cup, surely I'm going to get into the academy. And I remember going in for my meeting and uh, uh, the academy manager said, look, we don't think... I don't think you're you're going to come through the academy, so like, there's, there's not going to be a place there for you. I just didn't, didn't really didn't know what to say. I kind of headed away. I was like, oh, my God. And straight away, like, for the next couple of hours, like, that was it. The dream's over. Like, it's all gone. It's, um, and I remember there was a couple of injuries, and the senior players were in camp. They did a two-day camp. Um, I'm not sure, no. I forget where it was. And they, uh, they just needed bodies, so they asked, because I was still involved in the academy so they asked me to come in, a few of us come in. And uh, look, I was, I was told I can head away. Um, Joe, there was, I think there was eight weeks left in the season, and Joe, if I wanted to find something else or figure it out or whatever. Um, and I said, look, I've, I've committed for the last two years now, I may as well just finish out the eight weeks. And I went down for the weekend with the seniors, and I trained, like I couldn't have trained better. Um, every, every time I was touching the ball, it was work, like, I suppose I just, I don't know what it was, but I was just everything was going right for me, and I, I had a really good session. And uh, we were in the hotel lobby that night, and I remember I was on the phone to my mother, and she was just asking me how I was getting on because it was my first time away with the senior team. And um, it was good, and I was chatting away to her. And just as I was leaving the lobby, Tony McGann was sitting down, and he called me over, and uh, he's like, "Oh, I thought you, John, I thought you were excellent today." And I was like, "Yeah," and he's like, "Keep up the good work." And whatever way the conversation went, I told him that I've been told I'm not coming into the there's no space for me in the academy and he kind of looked at me like it was, it was I knew by the the way he's looking at me it was, new, it was news <laughs> to him um, and he didn't say much and he said uh, all right. and again I went up trained well the following day and two weeks later then I got a phone call saying uh, look things have changed uh, <laughs> there's, a, there's a space here in the academy for you Tony gave the look to someone so, else so <laughs> yeah, yeah I was kind of like Jesus Tony McGann here is after saving my career <laughs> um, so yeah so that was it I went into the academy and from there um, obviously there was a change in, in uh, there was a lot of change in coaches Tony obviously left uh, Rob Penny Simon Mannix came in mm-hmm. um, and it was my third year in the academy then and uh, season was almost finished and uh, we were out training and Simon Mannix came up to me and he goes are you ready to play this weekend um, and I thought I was, I was due to play a club like, I was like oh yeah yeah going well for it oh no <laughs> he's like no no you're going to play with us this weekend and I was like oh and he goes yeah yeah he was a chat after training, and um, that was a Monday. And then on the Tuesday, he uh, announced the team, and I was starting on the wing to make my debut against the Dragons. So, um, yeah. So tell us a bit about you're in the dressing room. You're ready to go out against the Dragons debut. No what's pressure. <laughs> what's going through the head? Oh, I was absolutely shitting it. <laughs> um, so I remember the night before, I was rooming with Danny Barnes, and. Uh, like I literally was like oh my god if I go to sleep now I'm going to wake up and it's gonna, we're going to have to play the glory trying to avoid the moment to kick off obviously a lot of people got to, a lot of my friends and stuff were getting on to me um, yeah so working out in Rodney Parade is a hard like it's a tough place to go play uh, it's a very hostile crowd like and it's um, but uh, yeah it was just good atmosphere um, the first time obviously getting onto the pitch with Munster I played a few friendly I played a pre-season friendly or two but first competitive game and uh I was on the left wing down the far left-hand side corner near the dugout. 
and uh, I was looking at the 10 and I was all I think in my head and he was facing the other way and I was like please don't kick it down top of me <laughs> and he was lining up the other winger and I was like oh thank god <laughs> just as the referee blew the whistle he turned and looked at me he, like, he looked at me straight in the eyes and kicked the ball straight down top of me and so like I was, but now looking back and I was like oh couldn't have been a better way to get into the game so I kind of carried carried back and from there on like I was like oh that was grand it was actually I couldn't believe how clean it was around the rocks compared to <laughs> compared to club level or compared to A level or like an absolute shit fight around the rocks and carried the ball back waiting for this big melee of people all over the place like real clean ball presented well and I was like oh this, this is, is great, great. <laughs> this, is, this is great uh, yeah so um, yeah made my debut got a try in the game and kind of kind of tried to progress then from there so you did progress a lot from there and you're you're definitely coming across as very humble in this you obviously had some great highlights through your career as once player, touch on, give us one or two moments, besides obviously proving everyone wrong at Castle Troy, you know, <laughs> getting in through that system of Munster, scoring a try and debut. What yeah. other kind of moments really shine for you that were big things for you? Um, I suppose a few. Um, I suppose a couple of games. Um, that Maori All Blacks game was probably one of the most enjoyable games um, to be involved in. The fact we had two weeks off after it kind of edged as well. We, <laughs> we, we all went drinking for about three days, three or four days. Uh, so yeah, that whole week building up to that. Because uh, during that Maori All Blacks game, um, Rassi had just come in as our yeah. coach, and obviously Anthony yeah. had passed away a couple of weeks previous. Yeah. Um, and Rassi, I, he mightn't have known the kind of how we treat touring sides, and there was a talk, a lot of talk of. Um, playing a really young team and a lot of the academy lads and um, well, no, I know a lot of the academy lads still, still got a run in that game. But uh, I think the Monday training session was a, like it was a, it was a very young team because Ireland were playing Canada that that week as well, so we were missing a couple of players. Um, and over the course of the week, uh, I think Rassi got a good feel of what it means for a tour inside to come to Stone Park and kind of everything that goes with it. So our team started getting very strong by Thursday. <laughs> yeah, by well, the time we kicked off, we had a, you know, it was all guns blazing and there was no holding back. And yeah. I remember we met in the um, Clayton across the bridge there, um, and it was absolutely howling wind and rain. But I remember just the vibe we had in the in the in the team meeting room. Was, I, honestly, no, I've never gone out to a game where I was like, we're definitely not going to lose. Like, that was the whole field within the whole squad. It was like, there's no chance we're losing this game. And I remember we did, we went 14 points down and uh, still we were under the posts, howling wind and rain, like, and we're like, still none of us were, or we're all looking at each other going, no, we're grand, we'll just, we'll just uh, go back to what we're good at and stick to, stick to what, what we planned. Yeah. So that's, a, that's an amazing self-belief and quality to be able to have, right? To just yeah. 14 down, facing up against that weather, yeah. you know, a big team coming to t that wants a scalp in Tommen Park. Where where does that really come from? You know, because that's that's in essence what all teams need to find. Ireland over the weekend down a lot of points couldn't couldn't find that. Couldn't maybe that self belief that we've got this no matter the hole we're in. Where did that really come from? Was it was it just the timing maybe because of a couple of things that had happened or Yeah, I, I think a lot of it was down to timing and uh just the energy I think Rassi brought to the team as well. Um and, and Jacques, obviously, our defence coach. Um, you know, we relied so much. That's where we probably got our energy was from our defence. Um, yeah, it was just a, a couple of things just all came together. And, and uh, you know, Yako came in on a short-term contract, and he, he was a real leader in our defence, and he was he was very good at bringing everyone together amongst the squad. And 
uh, yeah, whatever it was, it was just a really good feeling and buzz around the squad. And I think, Jesus, we went, I think we went, was it 18 games? Or I don't know how many games unbeaten, but mm. we were selling out. Now, obviously, at the passing of Anthony Foley brought the whole, mm. the whole of Munster tighter as well, you know. Um, and maybe that had a lot to do with us. Um, and, you know, he was probably in a lot of our thoughts and he was the driving factor for a lot of those massive performances we put in. Mm-hmm when we came off a poor season and we were able to turn it around so quickly. What next, I suppose, is, you know, the coaching, right, is something you've got a taste for. Yeah. You want to probably hit the CrossFit Games, you want to compete against (laughs) Mickey Mickey Smith and those sort of guys? Uh, Matt Fraser, you're going to challenge him? What's what's the next chapter for (laughs) you? My first CrossFit competition now next month. Oh, is it? In, it's called the Midlands Throwdown, I think it's on in Tullamore. Okay. Tullamore Distillery. Okay. Um, yeah. So you get to drink beforehand and after. <laughs> <laughs> you get to have a few beforehand and after, yeah. So yeah, look, it's uh, it's just something to keep the kind of competitive edge going. Yeah. Um, so I, I joined up to CrossFit Limerick here, and uh, there's, uh, there's some super athletes down there, you know. And uh, it's a team. It's a team. Uh, we're doing a team competition, so it's myself and one of the lads, Tony Barry, who's a good, great athlete as well. Um, we're competing as a as a team, so uh, we'll see what goes. Yeah, do the crack. It's great, to, it's great to hear that, you know, it's because as much as you might want to say you obviously are a huge competitor, right? Yeah. Obviously from, from Castle Troy, going to prove them wrong, um, right the way through academy, Irish schools, successful, yeah. scoring in, um, Rodney Parade, yeah. Maori, all these sort of things, culmination of a lot of points there of competition, drive, desire. Mm. And now, well, yeah, you know, there's a hole there probably, right, to fill. So now it's great that you're going to channel it all in smashing and lifting some, doing some snatches and cleans and things like that yeah. destroying destroying some weights now instead yeah yeah so, well like, that's it like, obviously when you're playing professional rugby you're constantly you have that competitive age and you're, yeah. you're you're not only competing against opposition you're competing with your own teammates for positions and yourself and right? yourself yeah yeah for, for starting positions and uh, that was the one thing I did find when I, when I finished rugby I was like this this whole this like you're every week you're going to battle as such you know and now you wake up and you're, you're not and it's yeah. kind of like Jesus it's just you're, how do I fill this void yeah. um, so I was just training a lot on my own um, and then um, my girlfriend who was down doing the CrossFit said look you should try that you'd really enjoy it and I was like ah no no not for me and eventually I went down and I was like Jesus this is the perfect yeah. this is the perfect filler for what I needed for yeah. the stage in my life now you know um, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I've been, I've been loving it ever since, so it's, it's, uh, it's great. It's funny, we interviewed a fellow called Ian Golding, who yeah. trains out with a fellow called Jamie Heaton up in Dublin. Yeah. Both, both strong guys, right? Golding didn't quite struggle to make it as a footballer, but loved football, and then yeah. he just went all in into, into CrossFit. And what I found interesting when asking the question was, it's amazing because it combines all different... Yeah. Athletic, you have to be fit, you have to be able to be strong, you have to be able to do so many different things, you have to be body strong. Yeah. What's challenging for you coming from as a professional rugby player, powerhouse, winner, yeah. fit, strong, good balance? What do yeah. you what do you struggle with in CrossFit? Uh, when I first started, I struggled with just but have, having an engine for it. Yeah. With, uh, say if it was a fifteen or twenty minute workout to be able to to go and go and go because a lot of rugby, a lot of your a lot of your weight sessions in rugby are a power based. Um, it could be heavy reps, but low low weight. Obviously, mm. during that preseason, you'd be higher reps, um, kind of meet with a medium weight. But uh, and a lot of the stuff on the pitch is uh, would be tempoed. You know, it'd be uh, could be 
150 meter tempo run, 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off, and and it's, it's, it's kind of emulates a game because you'll always have a scrum or a line out where you can regather yourself. But I found in CrossFit was if you have a 15, 20 minute workout, you're just going and you're like you could be eight minutes in and you're absolutely you know you're sucking diesel after eight minutes and you're like oh my god how am I going to hold on here? Cause, still got another 12 minutes to go. Like. Yeah, <laughs> it was just that yeah, just trying to build that engine was I found the toughest. Um, I still obviously nowhere near where I'd like to be in it, but uh, just getting getting better slowly. But it takes uh, just to transfer that transfer over. It takes it takes a long time. Yeah. And just touching on when the when your career from rugby transitioned to being outside of it, CrossFit, looking at things like that. You mentioned in interviews before about being grateful, grateful for events past and stuff like that. Are there, how do you sort of impact that in your lifestyle? How do you have that gratitude all the time? Because it's a very, as we can see today, you're, you're yeah. very humble. Yeah. All right, so how do you keep that in? And it's a message for young players and stuff like that to always try and reflect and enjoy the moments when they're playing. So do you have any messages like that? How do you keep that gratitude um. in there? When I look back on my career, there's there's a lot of uh, times it was like a seesaw. Like there was, I, I knew I could have easily not be an rugby player as show as much yeah. as I. I suppose you need a lot of things to go right for you as well. You need you need luck on your side. You need these coaches to like you. You need a couple of things to happen. Like when I was coming through, um, unfortunately, Felix and Ian Dowling they had to call it a nature injury as well. Uh, Doug Howlett had just retired, um, Dennis Hurley and Johnny Murphy were kind of finishing up, so just as I was coming through there was this, it was opening up a bit, you know, there wasn't, a, there was as much blockage as they of players <laughs> and, you know, you think, oh, how am I going to get in there, but as I got into my third year in the academy, these kind of things started opening up and I was like, oh, there's a chance for a contract, so yeah, you, Joe, I can understand that you do need a bit of luck and you do need a few things to kind of go your way along with having uh, a very good work ethic and, and uh Having all the attributes you need to be a professional athlete, you still do need a bit of a, a bit of rubber to green as well, and, and things to go your way. So, um, yeah, when you kind of look back, you're like, "Geez, I'm, I'm very fortunate for having those 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 things work in my favour." Obviously, with the injury, it didn't, uh, but uh, I could have easily had had zero cats for months or so. And I look back, and I, I managed to get up to seventy. It's, it's uh, you know, I'm very very grateful for for getting there as well. You know, yeah, it's certainly coming across in the interview anyway, and so. We'll pivot and look at the next five years. Yeah. Where do you see yourself in five uh, years' time? I actually couldn't tell you. I suppose the one thing, I, I love doing what I'm doing for the last 10 years since I left school. I've been playing rugby, so I'm just very conscious of doing something I really like doing. A lot of people I meet, uh, they always say to me, they're like, oh, you're, you're, you're in the real world now. When I think in my head, I'm like, I've been living the real world for the last 10 years. Like I've been doing something I love doing. Do you know, I was like, is there like for me the real world? That's the real world. Like even though it's rugby, you're in a bit of a bubble, but it's the real world because you're mm. waking up with a smile on your face and you're competitive, and you're. That's what I like doing. So like, if I can stay in the real world and do something I love, um, uh, that that'd be the thing. But obviously, look, it's, it might take a few years to find out what that is. Um, is anything putting a smile on your face at the moment? Uh, the CrossFit has since I finished. Um, that's one aspect of it, and I suppose that'll stay with me now probably till I till I can't do it anymore. <laughs> Till I've become a lot older, uh, obviously the coaching was a was a nice little transition and still kept me involved in the game. And you still get that bit of a buzz uh, when you're playing matches and you can see young players develop. They're like sponges, you know. When you when you see when you see they're taking in what you're giving them and you can see them be, physically like become better athletes literally overnight um, and more knowledgeable about the game. So that that's very rewarding as well. Um, and uh, yeah, look, I'll just. I'll keep searching for what I like doing because, uh, yeah, I'm a big believer in, in doing what you enjoy doing. So, I think, uh, yeah. Yeah.
Well, well, passion and love equals equals performance. And you know, George Patton said that if a man does his best, what else is there? Right. Yeah. So if you find something that you really enjoy, you're you're going to give it your best, and then that will lead to performance. I think it's fitting that as as we're kind of wrapping this up, we ask yeah. Ronan O'Mahony, what, what does high performance mean to you? I suppose it's been pretty diligent in all aspects. It depends on yeah, obviously what sport you're playing, and I always used to. So if things in Goroid or selection in Goroid, I used to go back over everything. I used to break it right down through my recovery, through um, every week you have your schedule and you, you have fellas who will take off, take the boxes, get the schedule and head away. You'll have fellas who will get the schedule and start filling in all their extras they needed around it. Um, and a big thing I found for me was just being honest with myself. When I never used to show people, I used to rate myself um, where I'm at regarding maybe athletes, other wingers in Munster and other wingers in different provinces and rate myself against them or across a broad range of skills and I was very honest because I'd never show anyone I could be honest and I could write it down and I knew exactly then kind of where what areas I need to pick up and So where was your 10? Hmm? Where, were, where were you best? I don't think I never had a 10 <laughs> I think if you have a 10 you're, you're, you're cutting yourself <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's such thing but uh, yeah and I used to just break down break it right down even to my recovery I'd be like okay and I, then I used to have routines after training sessions after matches, um, um, and then like just routines are trying to stay fit, just like all the extras you need to do on top of the gym sessions, on top of your pitch sessions, just so your body won't break down. Because when you get to a certain level, half the battle is staying fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you kind of find the lads who are always fit end up always in the side and always in the team and always training and eventually yeah. become uh, very good athletes. So a lot of the battle is. is uh, Keeping your body in good in good shape, yeah. How are the CrossFit that's taken to you coming in and rating every lift you're doing? <laughs> uh, no, they're really good. It's it's, it's very, quite enjoyable, yeah. I think we have to we have to finish on the last question, which would be if myself and Kieran are going into a CrossFit box tomorrow, right? We're going off to Glass Nevin <laughs> in Dublin tomorrow and we're doing the 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 ROM. Yeah. The ROM workout of the day, the Rona Mahoney workout of the day. Yeah. What are you giving us? What's in what's in what's uh, that session that's challenging us? Oh Jesus! I don't know. The big, the, the exercise that's killing me the most is burpees. Just burpees are. I, I don't know. Over I just the went, bar burpees. Over the bar. So yeah. bar face and burpees down up. Uh, we had them there on Saturday. So was, class started with fifty. Had a big workout in the middle and finished with another fifty. Um, yeah, they gas me. I just find when you're a bit heavier, um, well the lighter lads will just be hopping over the bar. Yeah. Um, but then like a heavy barbell would suit me. Yeah. Okay, so you got burpees. What else do we have in our in our sesh? Uh, burpees, I do uh, burpees, uh, thrusters are Oof. an absolute blower, yeah. They're hard 50, even a 50 kg, which would be grand for two or three reps. But Cycling that, yeah. Yeah, so if you put in thrusters, burpees, and uh, something gassy like a, like a roar, that will get the arms. Okay. Yeah. There you go. So we've got Rona Mahoney workout of the day, which is burpees thrusters and we're on the concept to rowing yeah thank you very much for coming in today we really enjoyed it myself and Kieran really grateful for your time a lot of fun um, and wishing you all the best with, uh, with CrossFit and everything else that you're doing moving forward and I uh, hope it brings you a lot of health and happiness yeah thanks for having me cheers, cheers guys cheers Ron thank you for listening to today's episode of Sleep Eat Perform Repeat a story of high performance this was brought to you by Howora, a whole person wellbeing company founded and run from Dublin, Ireland. Find out more at howoralife.com, spelt H-A-U-O-R-A life.com. Please rate, review and share the podcast. Some people want it to happen. Some wish it would happen. 
others make it happen. The GOAT, Michael Jordan.